I'm Ness. I'm Poison Ivy. And I am Iron Man. And no one can hear you, so take that off. What? And today we're going to talk about our spooky October topics. Today being the Giants. Ooh, so we're talking about sports. Absolutely so like not. New York. Nope. San Francisco. We are nerds. We're not those kind of nerds. Except he's that kind of nerd. I can be both. Uh, those are like statistic nerds. Don't care about those. So, we're instead going to talk about the Giants of the Bible, which we recently talked about in the 1208-Bit Nerd Church podcast episode called There Be Giants and Them Thar Hills. You can check that one out. Wait, that was the title? <laughs> that was the title. You have to listen to the beginning to understand how that even came about. Ah, uh, um, okay. But, uh... We're going to state that conversation right here as though it hasn't been had yet. So you can reference that podcast after this if you want. But giants in the Bible. There's one everybody knows. Goliath. Goliath. He's the popular one. And, of course, that story is when Israel comes in contact with the Philistines. Nobody wants to defeat Goliath because he's really tall and scary. And not just tall, but muscly. And uh, he's holding these really heavy objects as his weapons. And then little little cheap guy David comes along and, and takes cheap him guy? out. Cheap guy? Cheap guy David comes along, takes him out. That's the story everybody knows about giants. And if you're like me growing up, you're just like, what a random story. Just out of nowhere, in the middle of the Bible, you have this giant. <laughs> With no background, just a giant. No big deal. I mean, genetically, that can happen. Sure. But, like, why? Why is there a giant here? And the Bible actually has an answer for that. Because it's, it's a part of a huge story of the Old Testament. That most people don't catch on to. And wait, part wait, of wait. The giant story is huge? Mm. Yes, yes. Are you sure it's not just giant? The giant story is rather large. No, can't do that one. <laughs> Interwoven oh, okay. throughout the Old Testament is the giant story of <laughs> Look at that. Oh, you're out of sync. There, all right, yeah, that's good. This is the Halloween Jackson Cloud dance. <laughs> um, what are we talking right? Giants. Okay, so part of the reason nobody ever notices this story is because A, when it comes to B, it's super weird. And then B, as the giant story continues throughout the Bible, it gets super boring. Because it's written into like, this clan, and this clan, and this person who was the son of this person. And like... If you ever come across those statements in the Old Testament, those are usually like, mm, skip four pages of genealogies because I don't care. <laughs> right? But if you're really tracking, if you're really paying attention and trying to map all this out, you'll notice the giant story is intentionally a giant story throughout the Old Testament. It keeps on showing up. So it starts in uh, Genesis 6 where we get this weird story about the sons of God procreating with human women because they were beautiful and giving rise to a race called the Nephilim the Nephilim uh, which occasionally still gets uh, used in stories today didn't you say like there's some show you watch that has it yeah so Supernatural has done a whole thing about Nephilim, Nephilim. and a specific character named Jack Jack have you seen anything with it 
No. Yeah, like I, I would say it. It's not usually like it's not werewolves or vampires in today's culture, like to that level of well known. But it shows up in some literature about these Nephilim giants, and uh, the Bible just kind of says it point blank. During the times of Noah. The world got really bad, and one of the reasons that it was bad was because sons of God, which all throughout the Old Testament, when we think of it from a New Testament standpoint, we think like, I'm a son of God, you're a daughter of God, we're children of God, right? In the Old Testament, sons of God were spiritual beings. They were uh, any any kind of spiritual being, whether it be an angel or a little g-god or... Um, uh, seraphim, cherubim, whatever kind of level of spiritual being you want, you could, just as you could call all those angels, you could also call them uh, sons of God because they're a part of the heavenly family of God. They're his heavenly children, heavenly family, if you will. Um, I mean, is it under the same classification as like um, sons of Adam and daughter, daughters of Eve that C.S. Lewis does? But that, that but that would be like a God's human family, right? Right. So you've got God's kind of human family, or uh, at least in the New Testament, you see this like replacing the sons of God have fallen. There's a bunch of corrupt angels who have kind of become demonic. They've been cast out of heaven, but God is now bringing in the human family to replace them. So we're becoming the new children of God, the new sons and daughters of God in the New Testament. So that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, but sons of God in the Old Testament, you could use it to describe any kind of heavenly being, but it's it's often used in the Bible to talk about like kind of upper level spiritual beings. Uh, because later in Deuteronomy, um, God is going to delegate control over certain nations to the sons of God, um, implying that the little g gods of the Old Testament, they're going to be some of these spiritual beings, sons of God. Okay. Anyways, let's pause. Questions? Am I making any sense so far? I've heard this enough times that I... Yeah, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. (laughs) So just to clarify really quick as to where we've said, there are beings in heaven known as sons of God all throughout... I mean, they don't come up a ton, but they come up enough in the Old Testament that we're able to tell they're spiritual beings, okay? Genesis 6 tells us that some of them decided to go against God's wishes and break the order of of what makes sense as God has set it up and chaos. procreate yeah chaos create chaos by procreating with humans to give rise to a quasi divine new kind of race that yes are human but also yes are angelic in a sense and they're known as the giants they're 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 large doesn't necessarily have to be Large, large, like when you think giants, what are you thinking? What's gone through your head? <laughs> I mean, um, like we're talking about like fee fi fo fum kind of well, giant. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, or also just you know, besides the sports reference, like you know, uh, Jack and the Beast and Beanstalk is the story you referenced, right. but also just very, very large people, yeah, even like Andre the Giant. Okay, so yeah, that actually might be a better understanding of what a biblical giant would be like you better remember how big goliath is isn't he like seven foot so by the masoretic text which is the bible we all carry today mm-hmm. says he's nine feet nine mm-hmm. inches but 
All the texts we found that are older than the Masoretic text tell us that he was like six foot six inches. So first off, so he was Michael Jordan. Yeah, we can NBA player size. The only measurement we have a giant of a giant in the Bible is technically by better scriptural understandings is six foot six. Okay, they could have been bigger than that, but that's at least the one measurement the Bible gives us. I mean, we do have other giants in the Bible. Deuteronomy 3 talks about King Og, who had a bed that was 13 and a half feet long by two and a half feet wide. And he wait, seems to have been a giant wait, of sorts. Wait, what? It was he a, was 13 and th- a half feet well, tall. Well, it doesn't mean he has to be that two tall. Two and a half wide? That's like... If he's the only one sleeping on it, I don't, I don't know. I mean, most full size are, are wider than that these days. Well, sure, but this is ancient time. We're not even talking nice fluffy mattress here, man. We're, his his bed though was like thirteen and a half feet long. So like, there's this implication this guy was uh, a giant in some ways, uh, and that we get this kind of view of like there's another measurement. But was he really that tall, or did he just have a big bed because he was a big guy? I, I don't know. Um. But either way, that first off, that shows you that uh, Goliath isn't the only giant mentioned in the Bible. Um, but there's also others known because though they're known as Nephilim in Genesis 6, um, they continue beyond that to take on different names, which is weird because the flood comes after we meet the Nephilim and it's supposed to wipe everyone out. But then we get to Numbers 13 and Numbers 13.33 says... When they're going to conquer the Holy Land, uh, they find out, like, we saw the Nephilim there. Uh, but then they say, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. So they're saying, like, we went and spied out the land, and there were super tall people there. They were the Nephilim. So we have two possibilities, and I guess you can decide what you want. A, either the flood didn't wipe everything out. Uh, maybe because it was more local than global, or maybe because it was, uh, maybe they made their own boat. I don't know. If they were supernatural-ish beings, maybe they had other qualities to them. I, I, you know, I don't know. Either way, Numbers 1333 is the first time we hear about the Nephilim since they all, since they all since existed, the since the flood. And they talk about them very point blank, like, yeah, they were there. It's like, oh, okay. But... They also just call them the sons of Anak. Who's Anak? Anak was a guy who had some sons. <laughs> but that's just and the many thing. Sons <laughs> many Anak. sons had giant Anak. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit. Uh, well, here's, here's the thing. The, the sons of Anak are known elsewhere in the Bible as the Anakim. Okay. Oh, okay. So just as we have the Nephilim, or as someone pronounced, the Nephilim, now we also have the Anakim. And this is important to note because in Numbers, we now realize like, hey, if we're actually paying attention to genealogy here, we should expect that when we come in contact with the Anakim now, we should also be thinking giants. But because we're not usually taking little genealogical notes as we're reading our Bibles, we don't notice that. But the sons of Anak... They're giants. Anak is a giant. And so if we're paying attention, we start to catch on to all this. And even more so, because Deuteronomy 2 tells us that there are other groups of giants who are known to other nations by different names. There's the Emim, the Rephaim, the Zamzumim. Kazunta. 
Yeah. And then the joke's getting old, man. But it still works. And then the uh, Amorites. The Amorites aren't all giants, but the prophet Amos is going to talk about them having the height of cedars. In other words, he's talking about they're not, you know, as tall as redwoods or anything, but he's talking, he's using poetic forms to say, like, giants, they're tall, right? They're, they got the height of cedars, cedar showing us that some of the Amorites were expected to also be giants. In a similar way, uh, the Bible also talks about other giants being dispersed uh, throughout the clans of the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, and the Philistines. Like, Goliath is with the Philistines, right? Um, so, now the list has grown. When we see Nephilim, Anakim, Amim, Rephaim, and Zamzumim, we should be thinking giant clans. Likewise, when we read stories about Amorites, Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites, and Philistines, we should be thinking there's some giants sporadically spread throughout these people. And so that Everybody starts, has giants. Yeah, giants. This is what I'm saying. <clears throat> Interwoven, guys. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interwoven throughout the whole thing. We have their names sometimes. Anak's kids were Arba, Seshai, Ahimen, Talmai. So we've got more giants than just um, Goliath mentioned by name. And here's one of the interesting things to note is that we, we struggle, of course, with um, all of the the warfare that God commands throughout the Old Testament. But if you're paying really close attention, it seems the only places where they are instructed to actually wipe people out rather than just push them out is any place where giants were found. And it's still hard to work with because, you know, they're not, as Michael Heiser says, they're not like checking ID as they come in. They're just kind of wiping out the areas that have had giants in them. But like in that light of what the Bible is trying to say is like, God sent a flood to get rid of giants, and it didn't. And now God has taken his people and sent them in to get rid of giants. And they don't either. They get lazy. Because the story of giants continues beyond uh, the conquest. Because uh, Joshua 11.22, which is like kind of towards the end of the conquest. At the end of Joshua, it says, There was none of the Anakim left in the land of the people of Israel, only in Gaza and Gath, anybody knows lives in Gath? Mm, that's, nope. that's Goliath. So it's foreshadowing. The end of Joshua is literally foreshadowing. We're going to talk about Goliath later when we get to Gath. Because there's still giants over there. Um, and, and in Ashdod did some remain. So like the end, of, the end of Joshua literally ends with, there's still some giants out there. They're calling them Anakim now. But there's still some giants out there. And that's where they're... They're going to go. Uh, once we get to that conquest under David, we're going to meet Goliath as well as other giants. Ishbi Banab, who had a spear that weighed half the amount of Goliath's giant heavy spear. Uh, the His spear, the tip of it, Goliath weighed 15 pounds alone. So just imagine trying to lift that thing. Like I, I think if you want a good picture of Goliath, just think of the rock. <laughs> okay. You know, like Dwayne Johnson, imagine. Like <laughs> six foot something and beefy. You, know, you just pick up anything like this. Because Goliath has armor that weighs 126 pounds. So he's not just tall. He's like... Muscular. He's, yes. 
and the tip of his spear alone, like if we picked it up, we'd be like, you know, like trying to push him back. Yeah, up. fifteen pounds is crazy. Like at least to use it for more than like a few seconds, you know. Right. Well, and to see, like, if you chucked that thing, like, no, that would be crazy. And Ishbi Banab's another giant whose spear is half that size or half that weight. Uh, and then there's also Saf or Sipai, sometimes he's called, and Goliath's brother Lami, who had 12 fingers and 12 toes. Like, these are stories throughout the Bible we never talk about, partially because no one ever reads this far in the Bible. <laughs> but uh, um, also because they're just weird and we don't know what to do with it. And so, like, when we start the Bible and it starts with, then the sons of God had sex with the daughters of of humanity and created giants. We're like, don't know what to do with that. Flip with it. Block it out. <laughs> right? And that's going in the vault. <laughs> exactly. But if we were paying attention, we didn't realize the entire Old Testament's like, remember what we said in Genesis 6, right? Like, that story never ended. We're still telling it. But because we put that in the vault, we don't catch this huge story that's going on. So clearly there's a wide impact to the point of the conquest that happens in the Old Testament, to the flood, and to even more. But before we continue, questions, thoughts, not Casey jokes. He's looking at holograms now. You said not a Casey joke, so I put the mask on. Okay, so let's just quick synopsis. Say it back to me. What did I say? Um, the sons of God, which are highly ranked angels and spiritual beings, had sex with human women, made Nephilim and Akim, a.k.a. giants. And they continue to show up throughout the Old Testament, which we have a tendency to miss because they're not always just labeled as giants. It's... Anakim and other names. Very good. Does that and match what you heard? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, so the Philistines would have been a great football team. Nope. And the uh, Anakim would have made a pretty good baseball team. Nope. And all of them should have gone to wrestling like The Rock. Yes. Okay. All right. So one for three there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, when you come across them, you know, they seem like they, these kind of clans seem to be like a stick in Israel's sides. Like they worship false gods and they tend to bring Israel into worshiping those false gods, which kind of matches what you would expect from quasi divine giants who were basically created by the false gods, <laughs> you know, um, which I know that sounds weird, but like. Think of it this way, like in sci-fi today, we write about what if what if we ever made robots that were so sentient, then we get this question like, do they have a soul? Are they real? Can and then you see these like science fiction narratives written about robots who are like, Am I gonna go to heaven when I die? What's God gonna do? You know those stories? Mm -hmm. yep. We're that's humans trying to take the power or clones. Clones you could do the same thing. Like, do they have a soul? Technically we made them. They're not made by God per se or not by any godly means. This is humans creating humans in a, a, a false kind of way, right? 
That's us trying to take power that we have to try to become creators. That's kind of an old story because that's technically what the sons of God did in Genesis 6. It's their own sci-fi narrative, but in a spiritual one, right? right? They try to find ways like we don't have the power to create because we're not God. We're not creators. We're, we're spiritual beings who serve God. But what if we blurred the lines? What if we, we took for ourselves human women and then we procreated with them to create our own kind of false creation and, and, and broke the lines of what's acceptable in God's eyes? That's, that's the same narrative as like clones and robots. And that kind of becomes the question, like, do they have spirits then? What, what are these giants? They're kind of, they're raised by false entities. Um, they seem to serve false entities. And the Jews of later time are going to write in their literature, especially in Enoch, about uh, the giants, or sorry, those sons of God who came to earth that they taught us like witchcraft, astrology, the use of herbs and all these other things, just like, they're going to say, like, you ever wonder why we know uh, why God forbids supernatural methods of communicating with the other side? It's because humans weren't supposed to have that. It's because of the fallen angels that came to earth and because of uh, the giants who continue to live in that knowledge and try to tempt us with it and bring us into it. So that's that's the way that the Jews are later thinking is like all this false spiritual new age type stuff that's all the work of demons false gods of giants and all that so i totally heard you say instead of the use of herbs the use of verbs (laughs) (laughs) verbs are evil figure out like this is why you can't run in church everyone you can't run in church because the giants taught us verbs No, like when I say herbs, you know I'm talking. No, about I know like what you mean. I just heard verbs and, and I got confused. Potions is what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, like potions or uh, metallurgy, all that kind of stuff. Anything that had anything to do with magic, they attributed back to the the fallen sons of God and the giants, and and so that's part of the reason God doesn't forbid that stuff because it's stupid. He forbids it because he knows like that stuff's real. And you need to stay away from this. And it wasn't meant for us to know anyways. We have the Holy Spirit. We commune with him. We listen to him. And that's the only one we listen to. Everything else is very corrupt. To the point that Paul himself later in the New Testament is like, even if you hear from an angel that we said something that we did not say, do not listen to it. Mm. And that's part of the reason that Job talks about how there's a, God does not trust his holy ones. <laughs> Holy ones is another word for spiritual beings. Job himself is like, God doesn't trust his holy ones. What? Like, clearly there's a lot of dysfunction right. going on in the spiritual realm. And this brings us full circle to back where I went way too far at the beginning. The old sons of God are being done away with. Psalm 82 talks about the false gods will one day, even though they're immortal, God will have them die. That's what we see in Revelation. And then when you think about it, you know, we go on to live with God in eternity forever. We are the replacement plan. God's getting rid of the corrupt old family and Christians become the new family. Uh, and that right there is a interesting look into the giant world of the Bible. Now, I should say this. Demons. 
What does that have to do with Giants? We'll be back on Wednesday to talk about that.